Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. And I am so hoping I am back into a rhythm for the show. All these ridiculous hospital visits, I'm, I'm like so done with them. I'm so done with doctors. I'm so done with hospitals. I'm so done with these fevers that just will not go away. So I want to thank you all for bearing with me since gosh, the beginning of July when the gallbladder saga and the post gallbladder saga began. And I have guests booked every week in through, gosh, the next several months and more people that want to come on. One of the downsides of doing your show live all the time is if you're sick or something happens, you don't have any shows in the bank already recorded that you can just play. But I love the live aspect. So I'm open to any suggestions from you, my listeners, on some ways that I could perhaps do this if, if I do get sick <laughs> or for God forbid, I want to take a vacation somewhere, how I, how I do it, because I love the live aspect. I love being with you live. I love talking to my guests live because you know what? I can record something and a month later, the topic may not be totally relevant, or there might've been another question that I wanna ask that person because something happened in current events. So I'd love your input on that. And let's just dive right in today with everything that's going on because I love my guests that I'm having on my show today. And I met her because of Marcella Allison, who is going to be on the show next week because we're teasing a major event that I'm involved with that's coming up. And Amy Biddle is, oh my God, I can't believe I never met Amy before this last month. She is this amazing marketer. She does traffic. But more than that, she's just this kick-ass woman that has become such a friend just in a very short period of time. I think she is brilliant, not just when it comes to conversations about acquiring customers, converting customers, repeating customers, setting up traffic. And when we're talking about traffic, we're talking about e-commerce and sites and, and selling things. But I think she's got a wonderful life perspective. So I'm going to bring her back on the show, back on back to the show live because I had taken her off the studio a few moments ago so I could do my thing. So Amy, I'm, I'm like so tongue-tied because I'm so excited to have you here today. Plus I got a bit of a fever. So let's see where this fever craze show goes today. This is going to be exciting. <laughs> Thank you for that amazing introduction, by the way. Thank you. Oh, well, I'm so glad you said yes to being on the show today because you sort of kicked off this um, energy for me to go, let's get back on to a rhythm. And I think that's a great place for us to start, Amy, because rhythm, when it comes to marketing, oh, is huge. so critical. And, you know, my show is in the top 5% globally of all podcasts. But I've noticed that rankings and other things, which I try not to obsess over, have shifted with, you know, I went seven weeks after my surgery of being completely unable to do my show. And as you, as I said, I was, I do my show live, so I didn't have anything canned, but I didn't even have the energy to do social posts 
with old shows, like to keep it in front of me. Why is rhythm so important when it comes to marketing and the success of a business? Oh, How's that I for a question? question. <laughs> I love that question because it's about humans. We're not machines. Everything has a cycle. Everything has a rhythm. Humans, you know, we're these microcosms of, um, you know, what happens on the outside. You know, I, I talk to my clients all the time about, I say, you know, my boy Hermes, right? The ancient Egyptian philosopher, as above, so below, right? Well, as without, so within. So everybody has circadian rhythms, uh, you know, biorhythms, so do markets, you know, so buying markets for e-commerce, buying markets for, um, you know, thought leaders, um, you know, just everything, everything, the calendar, the year, you know, fourth quarter sales, boom, you know, uh, the middle of first quarter, take a break, you know. So it's all, and, you know, look wherever you want, look in the Bible or look in uh, economics, it's cycles. Yet for so many people that are solopreneurs or entrepreneurs that are just beginning to grow their business or maybe have a couple of members of the staff, it, it seems overwhelming to create a marketing rhythm while you are trying to grow your business, figure out all the different niches. Now you got to learn not only social media. I mean, I'm 58, right? Yeah. So when I started my career, there was no social media, right? When I first started my career, there was CompuServe bulletin boards. We had dial-up modems yes. and all of that stuff. I remember getting my first computer with two floppy disks. One was yes. data and one was WordPerfect or whatever it was at the I time. I don't miss that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I don't. I don't either. But basically, it was the Mad Men theory of advertising. You advertised in magazines or newspapers, and some corporations did TV and perhaps radio. Radio was accessible to small business more so than TV because of the costs and production um, involved. So, I mean, what do you say to somebody who's like, this is overwhelming? It is. It is overwhelming. You start where you can. You know, one, one of my favorite uh, metaphors is, you ever see Kung Fu Panda? I love oh, that I love movie. that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. So it's like, meet your clients where they are. You know, if you're teaching Poe, if Poe is your market, meet them where they are. Get them where you can. If you're tiny, if you're a one-person business, you just reach as many people as possible. So audience always comes first. Audience always comes first. Even when you're considering, what am I going to sell? Audience comes first. Because who's going to buy my stuff? You know, you think about, you know, whatever you're selling, whether it's a, a, a course <clears throat> excuse me, or a product, anything. You think about who am I going to be talking to? So audience always comes first. But then, you know, you then you really get into the nitty gritty of the product and either product development or product manufacturing. <clears throat> then you get into budget and that's leverage, how to reach the most number of people. But at the end of the day, you know, just meet them where they are. And if you're a one person audience, 
and you're worried about, you know, market trends, that's too much. You can't, you can't start there. You know, you start with audience, then product, then you rehash your audience to figure out the messaging, you know, to get that product out there and then consider your budget, which again is leverage. And then rinse and repeat. I mean, that's, that's pretty much, that's, that's the cycle. And then you grow as much as you can, as fast as you can scaling budget and audience. Okay. So you talked about budget. You talked about audience. Uh, I had recently had Belinda Weaver on the show. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. It was so much fun having her on the show because we talked yes. about how to make yourself choosable versus the mm -hmm. idea of unique value proposition. It's just another way of looking right at value yes. proposition. Yes. But I, I like the word, how to make yourself choosable versus, oh my God, I have to think of something that nobody else has done. And, and that's not really true because frankly, there's nothing original in the world. There's just another yep. way of doing something kind yes. of thing. Yep. Now, Taking that into account though, Amy, it still feels overwhelming when you act after you have say figured out your audience yeah. and you've um, said, okay, I'm gonna focus on Facebook or Instagram, or um, perhaps I'm gonna figure out some other way of marketing other than those particular social platforms because I don't think that's where my people hang, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. what? how do you start? I mean, there's a, a quote on your Facebook page, by the way, and I, I love this. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to share this. When you yes. shift your thinking to using your audience member's favorite topic, you will never want for anything ever again. True story. Okay, I don't get that in terms okay. of the actual marketing of your own product. Can yes. you kind of yes, take yes. us through that? What that means? It I was know why, cool. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. I know why you can't tap into that because you think like a marketer. Most of the people that I work with think like merchandisers. So they're really good at you know, packaging and presenting, taking beautiful pictures of beautiful products. They're really, really good at that. But what they don't consider is what is my audience thinking? What is the person who's going to buy this thing? You know, so um, when you really get into somebody's head and now we're talking deep, deep relationships and data, you know, those two things have a marriage that is you can't break it. You know, relationships and data um, go hand in hand. You know, I was, I was an English major. So when I discovered numbers, it was like, whoa. Yeah, you're such that. a data geek. That's one of the things oh I love about you. You're total data I, geek. I should, have been, I should have been an actuary. But really, when I got to college, all I could do was read. And then, then I could read and write when I got out. But, you know, and think a little bit. But, um, yeah, work has been really good for that. But so... You know, when you can tap into what's actually happening in the mind of your customer, you know, that's when things really take off. We're, we're at a very interesting crossroads now because of the privacy issues. Um, I know other guests and you have talked about this as well, that the privacy issues that we're, uh, you know, um, living through right now, Apple versus Facebook, Google and Apple versus like everybody else, 
um, the privacy issues of dropping tracking and not having access to like my phone listening to me all the time, which that's a thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, maybe there's less data. Maybe that's there's less um, information about me for sale out in the marketplace. But relationships blow that out of the water. So if you talk to me, ask me what I want. You know, if I'm a merchandiser, but I'm you focused, I, you're my market. You know, and, and those relationships, you know, in a cold way, think of it as leverage. But in a warm way, think of it as, you know, friendship. And you want to fall in love with your customers so that they fall in love with you. Okay. Can you give me an that. example? Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a client who is a brilliant merchandiser, brilliant. He makes beautiful products, but he has a hard time finding his market. Now, this is a guy who we grew his business to over a million dollars. Um, and, you know, five million will be next. Um, and he'll get there too. He's 20 years old. We have, we have, I know, right? The guy, the guy's just brilliant though. So, you know, he makes beautiful products, but it's finding the messaging that's going to reach his people. But, um, you know, just the nature of, um, I don't want to say too much about him because I don't have permission to say, you know, he's mine. Um, but, uh, you know, like the, the idea of, saying the right thing, um, you know. Um, can can you find an example that could be yeah. a little bit more concrete, like take us yeah, through absolutely. like the process? Yeah. So he's developed some pieces of clothing <clears throat> that his market really responds to. He can put out an email and sell out in a couple of days, you know. So this, this is really good. And that means that he's tapped into his market. Every okay. merchandiser wants that. They want to say, okay, I've got, you know, 2000 of these things and I want to send two emails and sell out, you know, that's the dream. That's, that's a wonderful thing. <clears throat> At the same time, you don't always want to be out of merchandise. You don't always want your inventory to be down to zero because then, you know, you have to think about things like buying more. How long <laughs> is it going to take to get there? You know, right. do I have the capital to be able to buy enough to sell out again? So all these things, but he has, he's got a hook that really works with his market. He knows exactly what to say so that they resonate and they want to stay with him. There's a lot of love there that you can, you know, you look at the messaging and the emails, you look at, you know, the, um, uh, buying rate. You know, uh, copywriters talk about recency and marketers talk about recency, frequency, and money. And, you know, just by working on a few of those things, you can really tap in. But it's more than the first purchase. First purchase is just opening the door. Ding dong, Avon's calling. First purchase, you know, that's expensive. It's very expensive to get a first purchase sale. But the cost of a, acquisition, customer acquisition. That's right. Exactly. Okay. And when you can have a, an identifiable, quantifiable numbers, I love numbers, um, you know, a lifetime value of a customer. 
And you know, well, I've been in business, so this guy just had his four-year anniversary. He started his business when he was 24 years old. Um, he has four years of data going from nothing up to beyond a million dollars in revenue in a 12-month period. So he knows, oh, most of my customers will buy twice in a six-month period or whatever that number is. But that's the direction that you want to go. That's not just about revenue. It's about relationship. When you get that okay. relationship down, you can sell again. So maybe it's in the first year of that new relationship, maybe you sell twice in six months, but then the next six month period, you sell three times or four times. Yeah, so it's that kind of, and that's control. When you have those numbers, you have that kind of control. And if you want, I can give you another example. Yeah, I do want another example, but I, I there was something you said that, uh, I know my my astute listeners probably picked up on right. Okay. You said email, and so so many marketers are saying that email is dead. You have to advertise on social media. Nobody reads email anymore. Why are you bothering? You need to start doing uh, text messaging out to your clients with all the new product stuff. Yet you said email and this guy has, it sounds like he's built a massive portion of his business through building his list, not relying yes. on outside yep. things like Facebook was down for what, five hours Monday, or whatever hours. it was. It's six awesome. hours. I have to relax so much in a year. <laughs> so why, why is that important? And I, I know this is a, a a peeve of yours and mine that yes. people are just like, well, use Facebook, use Insta, use LinkedIn, sure. use whatever, but you don't own the connection at that point. They own it. Right. They own everything right. about it. So yeah. why? Tell me, talk to us. Because there's an X, Y axis. Okay. You can get me to explain that. Remember, like that. remember we're watching on video, but yes. a large portion audio, audio only. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right, so X, Y, picture two lines at a right angle, okay? You've got the foundation, the X, and the up and down line is the Y. So the floor so and the wall. The floor and the wall, thank you. So let's say the floor is your X axis, which is the traffic you control. That's what you own. And the Y axis is the wall. So you want to be way high up the ceiling on that wall and you want to be way, way out on the floor so that you can reach and control as many people as possible. So email is control, but the wall side of that equation is reach. So you want reach and control. It's, you can't have both. Unless you have an email list of a hundred thousand people who really loved you. And there aren't many people who have that. Um, you can't just do your marketing on email. So you have to acquire on the y-axis. You have to acquire on the wall. You have to acquire, go where the people are. You know, there's that old story about, you know, um, the drunk who leaves the bar. It's two in the morning. He's out in the parking lot under the, under the uh, parking lot lights looking for his keys. Bartender's locking up. 
comes outside. You know, this guy's obviously a frequent customer, so he knows him. He says, Sammy, what are you looking for? And the drunk says, I'm looking for my keys. He says, well, is this where you lost him? He says, no, but the light's here. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Where the people are. I've never heard that before, but that is so awesome. Brilliant. Yes, exactly. Well, we don't just shop under the streetlight for customers because that the keys may not be there, but the keys are out in the dark. So you got to go find them. And you find them how? You got to, you have to know who they are. Okay. So when my, when my client guy that I was talking about earlier, he's putting his product idea together. He has to consider, well, who am I going to be selling to? And that's where he got his hook because he has an in with the particular audience that is unique to him and, you know, millions of his closest friends that he hasn't met yet. So he says, okay, I have an audience that I can tap. I have a product that I know they'll love or I believe they'll love. And this is where you get the marriage of intuition and science, which is relationships and data, which is list and offer, which is, you know, if you, if you are a student of marketing, you know that everything comes down to lists and offers. Back to Claude Hopkins for anybody who's a a copywriter who's listening uh, or a marketer who's listening, you know who Claude Hopkins is. Claude Hopkins was the guy who, you know, promoted Pepsodent and uh, a bunch of other stuff early in the 1900s Um, and, you know, really kind of broke the mold. He was a multimillionaire marketer when people were living on five bucks a week. You know, so this is that says a lot. It does say a lot, right? Exactly. So, um, anyway, lists and offers, and when you have that dialed in, you don't just make one sale. You don't just go out to Facebook and say, "Hey, I got, I have this thing." They might not even hear you because it's noisy. But if you say that enough to the right people, and you say it in the right way. And then you want a way to get in front of them again. Then you use email so that you can do that. People still check their email. How many times a week do you check your email? Uh, It's more like day. How many times a day do I check my email? Okay. You said something that I want to step back to sort of click on Mm -hmm. is this idea of, I'm trying to think of the exact word you said. I wish I could rewind the recording to get the exact words back, but you know, it's about saying things and getting people to finally click on them. Right. It used to be that you'd have to say things seven times. That was the magic number. You had to email somebody seven times. You needed to put an advertisement in a newspaper or a magazine seven times in a row. And then Mm -hmm. eventually it would break through somebody's consciousness, subconscious and come to their conscious forefront. And they'd be like, oh, I I must have this paper clip holder, which by the way, this was, this was on my dad's desk when I was growing up. (laughs) And, you know, he's since passed, but I use it on my desk now. Nice. 
but it takes, they used to say it takes seven times. I feel like because social media algorithms um, filter what somebody sees, yes. that seven yeah. number doesn't really work to cut through to make sure that it's actually seen. Mm -hmm. With a magazine or a newspaper or a radio spot, you knew that, you know, they were going to be there. You know, if they read the magazine or the newspaper, they probably read it every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. social media, yeah, I mean, I had a friend say to me, how come you didn't respond that my mom died? Oh, you never saw it. They never. And I'm like, okay. I, that never hit my feed, you know, and I hadn't yeah. been on social media for a bunch of days. And I'm yes. like, your mother died and you didn't tell me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Now we have a whole new conversation about relationships because right. there's a machine in the middle of people now deciding who gets to see what. And most people don't know that. People don't know that Facebook owns WhatsApp, Instagram, Messenger, which is why they were all down last Monday. Right. So, but that relationship thing is about the algorithm decides who sees what. The algorithm decides, okay, if x number of people and i don't think anybody knows the actual number but if i put on my feed what i had for lunch and it was a particularly exciting lunch then um people will respond if so many people respond then facebook says ah this is a post that people need to see and so they push it back up and they push it out to more people when there's a significant amount like a you know, in numbers, they talk about statistical significance. So that statistical significance is somewhere in the order of 20 to 25 people. When they see your lunch post, you know, and it involved avocado, which is, you know, especially important these days. Um, you know, so they see my avocado toast lunch and people go, wow, that looks great. And then there are more and more comments underneath that post rises to the top. So you need 25 comments, 20 to likes. 25, right. Is but it? that's just organic. Likes, okay. comments, and shares, right? Exactly. Okay. Now, when that doesn't happen, then it's crickets. But there are other parts of the algorithm that say who sees what. You know, how does Facebook decide? I have 2,000 friends on my Facebook, you know, friends list. Trust me, I don't know them. But, you know, like half my high school class is on there and, you know, all kinds of people mm -hmm. and we stay in touch that way. But the other, you know, however many, <clears throat> I don't actually know them. So how does Facebook decide who sees, you know, who are the next 20 people who get my avocado toast lunch post? You know, so there's a whole lot of stuff that we just can't control. So then now take this to marketing. Let's get away from avocado toast and, and let's talk about, you know, a, um, a piece of art that hangs on the wall. Not okay. everybody has a wall that they own. So not everybody is going to be able to put art on the wall that they own. So then you have to think about, okay, how am I going to get this piece of wall art out to people so that I get people who own their wall who have enough disposable income to care about art on the wall, 
who have enough disposable income to care about art that I sell. You know, you can't do that organically on commercial anymore on Facebook. Um, used to be years ago, probably more than four years at this point, I think it's closer to five, used to be you'd just be able to put stuff out there. People would see it, like, comment, share, great, boom, out. But that's why we have paid traffic now on Facebook and, you know, Instagram too, because you manage them both in the same place. So paid so, traffic bypasses the whole, it may not show up on somebody's feed. Well, yes or no? Okay. It, it doesn't bypass, but it hedges your bets. Okay. Because then all of the, it's a bidding, it's an auction, it's a bidding situation, but now we're in <clears throat> the marketplace. So picture, you know, the, the farmer's market and going to the farmer's market and let's say it's Saturday morning. It's busy. Like everybody's there and you've got puppies in one place and you've got like every booth has every product that they offer and it's noisy and it's busy and don't let your kid's hand go because you'll never see them again. That busy. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, so that's Facebook. Now we're at the marketplace. Now we're at the farmer's market. And if I yell loud enough, people will hear me yelling loud in the Facebook, in the uh, farmer's market is like, how much, how much can I bid and what placements do I choose? So there's a whole lot of techie stuff that goes into how to make this work. But by using paid traffic, you can get in front of people. And there's another kind of campaign that you can set up that gets in front of those people again. So that's retargeting. But back to your question, the reason that we went into this rabbit hole is some um, email. Email is uh, retargeting on that x-axis. Okay, so, so the floor, the foundation. Now you have the floor, now you have the foundation. Now you want to acquire on the wall. You want to be way high up in the wall. You want the a good uh, booth at the farmer's market so that when you yell, people can hear you. Okay, because in a, when it comes to a house, the higher the ceiling, the greater the value. Yes. So you yes, want that wall to, to keep the going higher wall. and higher because it gives you a higher ceiling, so you don't you don't max out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You don't hit right, exactly the ceiling. Okay, got it. Facebook has two point the number varies two point five two point eight billion monthly users. They're not all everyone's market. But it's enough of a, a thing. So for where, those watching on the video, my pest control guy appears to be I, behind me. I, I, was say that. <laughs> I was on a call last week and somebody's husband was walking by. I said, don't turn around. There's a man behind you. Uh, I need to get um, better drapes in here, but <laughs> blinds. But anyway, that was just pretty funny. It's, okay. It's part of the show. Sorry. So, Amy. Um, that's all right. So. Anyway, you, you, want to, you want to be high enough up the wall so that you reach enough people. The people are on Facebook. They're on Instagram. And there are demographics and different ways of finding them, psychographics too. So, <clears throat> but then you encourage them to go from Facebook and invite them to join you in email. When you do that, you have more control because then you're just paying for electricity and your email and maybe someone to write it for you if that's not your strong suit. 
Well, I'm looking at it going, Facebook ads, so not my strong suit. I've tried and it's been a massive failure every time. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not easy. No. Okay. So let's just expand on that a little, a little bit further there, Amy. Mm -hmm. We've got some sort of ad going out, whether it's on Facebook, some other social media platform, whatever, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that instead of trying to sell the product on Facebook, and this may not be uh, one or the other thing, rather than trying to sell that product on Facebook, you want to capture their email instead? Or when you it's sell the product, both. okay. Maybe both. Yeah. Because, you know, thinking, so let's get back to your solopreneur or maybe it's a mom and pop and they have limited resources because they don't have bottomless pockets and they're only 24 hours in the day. So between the two of them, they can each work 16 to 18 hours and you can, that's not sustainable, you know, to be able to grow the business. So then how, how can we best use our time? to reach as many people as possible, um, affordably. Okay. So now one of the great things about doing business on Facebook is that auction that I was, you know, very briefly mentioned a minute ago, that auction means that, you know, that mom and pop business can compete with companies like Adidas who went all digital a few years ago. I think they've gone back to some you know traditional marketing, but they, they, because of that auction, you know, we're buying placements based on popularity, based on, I mean, there are 150,000 formulas inside the, the Facebook algorithm. That's more than I can do on my calculator now. Okay. So, so is that like, sorry, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. Uh, so is that like with a Super Bowl ad, when you're talking about the oh. auction and placement, the, yeah. the ad right before halftime or mm. just before the coin toss or right. the first ad or whatever it costs more than the ad in the middle of halftime because yes. most people are probably grabbing food or going to the bathroom. Right. Exactly. Is that what you were talking exactly. about using yes. that as an example? And there are people okay. who figure that math out to say, okay, my team is winning. My team is losing. How many people are likely to be on at any particular 15 second place during that, you know, three, four hour show. So yeah, there's a whole lot that goes into, so that's about placement. That's about psychographics, demographics, all that stuff. So there, there are things that we just don't have to think about. Facebook will automate some of those things for us. And then it's just a matter of audience, and list people and message same thing audience and list people and message Mm -hmm. know when your people are gonna be hanging out on maybe maybe not even when maybe not even when because you know we have a 24-hour world now so i don't have to in in marketing and advertising they call that day party but if I only have 50 bucks a day to throw at my marketing, I, you know, now we have the John Wanamaker problem, the conundrum that he was up against. Have you heard this quote? So I love this I have quote. not, but my, my aunt 
used to work at John Wanamaker's. <laughs> well, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned Gimbel's the other day. I yes. Like, oh, you and I were talking. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I love so Gimbel's, Wanamaker's, A&S. They're all gone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. McCrory. Yes. Corvettes, Floyd, yeah. Caldor. Yeah, they're all, they're yeah. all gone. So, um, uh, John Wanamaker back in the early 1900s said, you know, 50% of my marketing dollars are wasted. But the problem is, I don't know which 50% it is. So, that's, oh, that's interesting. Yes, exactly. Well, it's a problem that we still have today. We still have mathematical problems with attribution. Where did these people come from? How did they decide to buy? You know, so there are a whole lot of things that are decades old problems that technology has only given us a little bit of an answer to, but, and so let's go back to the privacy issue for a second. Privacy now says Facebook is having a whale of a time figuring out now who I am and what I like. So they're perhaps not finding me as well for the right kinds of ads. Well, that's okay because when I use list and audience properly, and then I make that first purchase sale, or I get somebody who just raises their hand and wants a coupon, bingo, email. And I can stay in front of them and I can create my own data set to figure out how I'm reaching people, what they wanna hear from me about what they like, what they don't like, and buy again. And now we're into lifetime value again. Okay. You have an amazing mind. Okay. And you understand this stuff. You, you're a data geek. You're, you're a marketing geek, right? But, yeah. but beyond being a marketing geek, you are able to apply it to many different industries, right? And yes. figure out those, those specifics for your client who is a merchandiser and sells out these 2000 things. Yes. My average listener mm -hmm. is probably listening to you going, oh, easy for her to say, but I have no clue where to even start. Yes, we talk about know where your customer hangs out and whatever, but, you know, I, I might have figured all that out or, or not. I, I maybe just want to try. Do I throw things at the wall and see yeah. what sticks? It's 50 bucks a day. That's, that's a lot, that's you know, lot. if, if yeah. it doesn't convert and $50 a day on, on most of the social platforms really doesn't get you a lot, it you know? So how did, I mean, give me something to those people who are going, oh my God, 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 my head's going to burst. You know, I, I, I can I, definitely I, help with that because okay. I've managed ad campaigns with budgets from $50 a day up to $20,000 a day. Okay. Let me tell you, when you do something right at $20,000 a day, it goes very quickly, but it can turn on you and bite you very quickly because when you talk about budget, you're talking about um, uh, speed. So what happens, it's principles. So you use these principles of marketing, okay. lists and offers, lists and offers. That's true at 50 bucks a day, and it's true at 20000 a day. 
And what if somebody really can only do $10 a day? Because $10 a day times 30 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So there are different kinds of campaigns that you can run specifically on Facebook, but Snapchat, TikTok, Google, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, and so on and so on. So the algorithms <clears throat> are built to use different parts of the algorithm. And I'll use Facebook. Uh, it's the easiest example. Facebook has uh, a campaign type called page post engagement. So page right post now, engagement? Page, yeah, P-A-G-E, page post engagement. Okay. Using the page post engagement, I'm reaching people now for a penny each on you know, for a couple of clients that I'm running page post engagements on. But all that does is say, hey, Facebook, put this post in front of this person. That's all that does. We have no guarantee. There's never a guarantee, but we have very little weighted evidence or tools to say what the person's going to do with that post. They may just okay. look at it. So then we have traffic. And this is another type of campaign. So this says, hey, Facebook, um, very as inexpensively as possible, grab this audience and send them to this landing page. Okay, that's great. But the problem with that is we're relying on the, on the optimization, conversion optimization of that page to turn that visitor into a sale or into something whatever, however we measure a conversion, a conversion, just think of the conversion as something I want somebody to do. Okay. If I call my best friend and I say, I want to go to coffee. Would you go to coffee with me? My best friend says, no, first of all, I'm sad. And second of all, that's a, a conversion that didn't happen. But if my best friend says yes, then great converted. So that's like me getting you on the show. I converted exactly you to be on the show. I'm so flattered. Really nice. So, um, so traffic campaign tends to be less expensive than say a conversion campaign because a conversion campaign, then Facebook says, I know what you want. You want somebody to spend money with you, or you want somebody who's going to put a product in a cart so that you can get in front of them again. So then they have this, um, psychographic it's not just a demographic demographics are things like age sex region that you live in stuff like that so um what we want though is a psychographic we want to know that this person has purchased before they've purchased something like it they purchased purchased something like it recently and it was about in our price range recency frequency and money those three things. So back to, you know, a marketing principle. So when you do a conversion campaign, then you say, Facebook, find me this person, make sure they're an online buyer, shopper, and, um, um, you know, give me X number of, you know, whatever I can get for $10. With a conversion campaign, you can't get a lot for $10 because you're really maxing out all of the tools inside the algorithm. So uh, with page post engagement, you can get a whole lot of people, but you, you don't know what they're going to do. With traffic, you can get a whole lot of people, 
you know that there are the people who historically have clicked to go to a landing page, but you don't know what they're going to do if you don't know the conversion rate of your landing page. But with the conversion campaign, there are various ways. It's not just an A-B kind of thing. Um, there are various ways to get people to say, I saw the ad, I clicked on the ad, I went to the landing page, I considered the sale, and I purchased. That's a lot of steps. That's an awful it's a lot, lot of steps. Yeah. Right. So it's hard to do that with $10 a day. Um, but if you go page post, if you go traffic, there are a whole bunch of other types of uh, campaigns and ways to reach people. But those those three are pretty basic. I, I never, basic to you, Amy. <laughs> Remember that you're you're like the total geek here when it comes to all Absolutely this stuff, which is nerd. one of the only I, one of the reasons I wanted you I on. I read, I read marketing stuff for like an hour or two a day before I go to work. <laughs> there you go. Now I never knew that there were three types. You know, oh, there that. are way more than three types. It's okay, but these are three yeah. that people can start out with. To yes. me, it was like, oh, you know, every once in a while, Facebook sends me a. Hey, we're giving you a $5 credit or we're giving you a $10 credit here, go do some ads. And I'm like, right. Oh, okay. So, you know, I take the credit and I, I like mock something up really quick. Not a lot of thought going into it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, nothing ever happens with it. Yeah. So there is so much more. I really need yeah. to stop saying so there is so much more to before you ever do that ad. Yes. that a small business person and and I'm saying small business person because not everybody is an entrepreneur not every business is an entrepreneurial yes. business absolutely. and there absolutely. is absolutely nothing wrong with being a small business owner I think it's a massive badge of honor to be yes. a small business owner mm -hmm. and you you start thinking about these different things and it feels overwhelming Amy because you know that you need to grow your business. You need yes. to convert more customers. You want to build your email list because you want to own the customers. Yes. Uh, the bookstore here, Vero Beach Book Center, they really hurt badly during COVID because they do have an email list, but they didn't have a big online presence. And a lot of their customers really wanted to just go to the bookstore and browse through the bookstore and get their books that way. But mm -hmm. nobody was really going into bookstores at that time. Right. And they haven't made the leap into that online world because I live in an area where there's mostly seniors, but you can't rely on the seniors because the younger people are coming up. So if you don't start building other models then your business will suffer, which is why Amazon grew from him packing books in a garage yes. to, the, to the behemoth that it is today, you know? At a loss. How many years were they in the negative? Seven, oh, eight? decades. You know, yeah. it, it was Long. crazy, right? Everybody's yeah. like, oh, this will never work. And then all right. of a sudden one day, because he was creating an industry, mm -hmm. people were 
back to when the Sears catalog was created. And that was the only way you bought anything, right? And then they put stores in those regions and the catalog started fading out. Well, all Amazon is, is the Sears catalog online, right? Which is a whole nother beef of mine, like Sears, how could they have failed when they created the industry? They didn't keep up. Yeah, they didn't keep up. So how do my listeners start figuring out how to do this for themselves, Mm -hmm. to test it and not end up bankrupt because they're constantly spending money? And I know that you have a newsletter. I know you've got um, a website and and you do stuff at all different price points for different people based on what they need to do. But how do they start going, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I want to dive in, but I want to dip the toe. <laughs> dip the toe. Yes, absolutely. So let me give you, I'll give you two things. So I know we're running out of time. The, the free, like, I'm just going to give this to you and I want nothing in return because that's how the world works, you know, give, and then you're taken care of. So um, the, the way this is, is e-commerce which is selling anything online. I don't care if you're selling a course, if you have one product store, if you're the Vera Beach bookstore, you know, whatever. Who are um, awesome, by the way. Yeah, I. They gave me my first ever book signing. Oh, that's so author cool. events. Uh, they had to keep adding extra rows because so many people came out. Yes. And I mean, it was amazing. I had... Um, sparkling apple cider and i had uh the the fresh market donated pastries and cookies and and stuff like that so they're a wonderful reason just south of there i love beer that's great yeah Yeah. so anyway a little aside there Um, so e-commerce selling anything online very broad definition e-commerce is just top of funnel bottom of funnel so when you go on to an ad platform TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Google, whatever. You set up a campaign that reaches cold traffic. Cold traffic is anybody I haven't met yet, which is like 7.8 billion people in the world. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Cold traffic. Um, There will be some tools to help you refine some of that, but you don't need to refine it a whole lot. Top of funnel. And the bottom of funnel is just get in front of them again. Two layers. You can do, there are a number of different um, types of campaigns called objectives. You know, referring to the Facebook tools, um, different campaign objectives. Um, you know, just, but think of it in terms of top of funnel, cold, bottom of funnel, warm. Okay. Now I could talk for a whole additional hour or two, if we had it and you wanted to going into the rabbit hole of how to set those things up. There are a number of different ways. I had a client come to me a number of years ago and she didn't have a bottom of funnel. She was doing all cold traffic, top of funnel. First time we sat down and met, she said, uh, what's your retargeting? Her whole world opened up. 18 months later, we had our $1.3 million in 12 months of revenue. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So retargeting is just getting in front of those cold people again in some fashion. 
So top funnel, bottom funnel. Somewhere in there, invite them to join your email list. Another kind of retargeting. Stay in front of people. So back to your comment a little while ago about email is dead. Let people say that because then my emails will do better. <laughs> it's, yeah. Okay. It's okay. It's yeah. It just keeps the noise down in the inbox. Um, so that that's all right. So really, you, you just want to work on and learn about how to do top of funnel, how to invite people to purchase, to get a coupon, to learn more, to join your email list, and then retarget. That's the process. So top of funnel, cold, bottom of funnel, warm is sort of like the XY axis floor wall thing, but just yes. in reverse in this particular case where we were using the, the floor is increasing it. It's you want your funnel deeper and deeper and deeper because that gives it more space, gives you more room, gives you more people like the high ceiling. You want no ceiling. You want to, it to be open to the air where infinite numbers infinite, of people that can right. come in. Okay. All right. I'm getting With that. the caveat that a business whose target is everyone, it's really no one. So you really do have to be very mindful of, you know, who, who am I trying to reach? Am I trying to reach women in their fifties who, you know, like technology? Okay, great. I'm in. Um, but if it's NASCAR, I don't have a lot of identification with that market. So I don't know how to, you know, listen to something like that. Now, does that mean that I can't sell something for NASCAR? I have stole, I'm never the demographic that I'm trying to reach. And uh, one good example of this is one of the uh, young marketers that I had the pleasure to work with a couple of years ago. Um, he was a young man who was probably in his twenties, uh, somewhere in the U.S., he was killing it, selling a subscription box for, wait for it, tampons. Brilliant. No. <laughs> Brilliant. You don't, you don't have like to be Carlene, in your market. Right. Sort of like yes. Carlene Anglin Cole, you know, she pretends she's like a 60-year-old white male and white she guy. is right. white guy and she is this stunning, gorgeous black woman who is way younger than the 60 year old thing. And yes, and yeah, exactly. Got it. Right. That's exactly it. So you don't have to be in your market to be able to reach your market, you know, like all the, the mom printer businesses selling to kids. Maybe they have kids like the kids they are selling to, but, but they aren't the kids that they're selling to. So anyway, it's, Okay. It's a tremendous amount of fun. Lists and offers. Lists and offers. If if your listeners get one thing out of what I say today, I want them to get my landing page. But if they get two things today, the other thing is lists and offers. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. And we're out of time. And as you said, we can talk forever on this topic. Yeah. Let's tell people how they can find you, Amy. And Absolutely. sign up for it's your newsletter if they want. Okay. Very simple. You go to amybiddle.me, A-M-Y-B-I-D-D-L-E dot M-E. And that's the landing page. And there's nothing to sell, nothing to buy there. You can just opt into the email list and I'll even give you my first newsletter. 
for free. And it's twice, it's over twice the size of the, the regular monthlies. So there's a lot of information about there. And I've been told it's kind of fun to read. And as I already quoted something from your Facebook page earlier today, they should subscribe to you on social media platforms because you give tons of nuggets in there as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, it's really kind of funny. I, I don't actually know how I ended up in marketing because when I was a kid, I wanted to be invisible. So, you know, this is all about being out there and my social media needs to be developed. Um, I develop other people's <laughs> really well, but uh, yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. So everybody needs to go to amybiddle.me um, and subscribe and get a copy of her free newsletter. Um, first copy of her free newsletter. You have to subscribe and it's a paid newsletter going forward. And yes. you do different things all over the place where people can listen to webinars and, and different resources, or they can reach out to you to find out how you can maybe help them figure out their, their marketing. So my, Amy, my I whole wanna... business has been built on like free stuff done with you and then done for you. So I, I love that. Last thought you want to leave my listeners with? I, you know, keep listening to Laura because she's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And this, <laughs> this is a pretty amazing podcast. So I, I can't wait to hear the rest of the 300 that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, my friend. True story. True story. I, I can't wait for us to actually meet in person since you're just like three hours, two and a half hours up the road from where yeah, I am. We're close. And we're neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep saying I'm going to go up to St. Augustine around the holidays just to see the lights that St. Augustine is famous for. So it's, it's spectacular. We, we go walk around. It's like, wow. Like every year, <laughs> nights of lights. That's what uh, my neighbors say about my house every holiday. I just oh, bought it. Cool. I just bought another thing to put out in my yard. <laughs> Who's that character? The, the Tim the Oh, from National Lampoon's. National um, Lampoon. With all the lights and it. Yeah, yeah, you can see it from that's outer you. space. He lights it up somewhere <laughs> from National Lampoon's Christmas. Yeah. yeah yes. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being here with me, Amy. Thanks Grateful. Thanks so much, Laura. I, I love talking to you. Thank yeah, you. it's total, total, so much fun. I knew it was going to be, and it exceeded my expectations. Awesome. So thank you. Great. Glad All right, cool. All right, thanks. Everybody, you know, it's these kind of conversations that I love having. I love introducing you to people like Amy, where perhaps you learned one nugget. You had a perception shift. You learned a new question to ask yourself about your business, about marketing, about can you even market? And that's one of the things I love. It, reach out to Amy. She's really great. If you send a question out to her, I know she'll answer it because that's who she is. So go to amybiddle.me to find out more about Amy. And at the end of the day, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. Subscribe to the podcast if this is the first time you're listening to it. Um, join my email list at laurasteward.com. Since if I did not throw that out there, Amy would be yelling at me and she's off camera and she's going, see, yes, Laura, right there on camera. So have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.